Scripture says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. It's better when we all do it together. Amen. You glad that you had the opportunity tonight to give God the highest praise together with God's people. Amen. 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 Thank you for your worship. Amen. Thank you, Brother Clyde and the ensemble for the wonderful worship tonight. Amen. It's great to have people who are not just talented, but people who know how to worship and lead other people into worship. Amen. I hope that you were entertained, but I also know that he was entertained tonight. Not only by what they were doing up here, but by what you were doing out there. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. Amen. Would you lift your hands again and give God the praise? Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we worship you, God. We give you the highest praise. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer right now. If you would, reach your hand over to our plans. God's plans, whether they're these or he's got something beyond this that we can't even see. We're going to believe God for it. Amen. He declared that we're going to see greater things. His word, we say it all the time, says that he would do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even imagine. These are some things we're imagining, people. But God said, I want to do more. Amen. Above anything you can imagine. Would you pray with me right now? Lord, we love you. God, we put our hope, our trust and faith in you. God, we pray right now that you would have your way. God, if it is this or if it is greater. God, we want you, Lord, to do whatever it is you do best. God, confound us. Work miracle after miracle. God, open doors that no man can open. God, make a way where there is no way. God, we don't care what's been done in time past. All we care about is what saith the Lord. God, whatever you have in store for us, we receive it tonight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. There's a wonderful spirit of the Lord in this place today. Amen. It's been here, I'd say all day, but it's been here for a long time. Just waves that just keep coming. And when you think that it's all over, here it comes again. More people start coming in. More things start happening. That's what happens when you declare greater things. That's what happens when you have seven supernatural Sundays and you believe God for the impossible. And he says, you know what? I'm going to do that for you, but we're going to keep it on going. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. Amen. I would much rather be where you are tonight. I don't think there's any more intimidating place in the entire world than to get up here behind this desk. Where that man preaches, you can't even call them masterpieces because they're way past that. Amen. All of the time. And I am honored tonight that 
He's given me this opportunity. I am burdened tonight and humbled. And I pray that my generation would hear my cry tonight and hear the word of the Lord tonight and know that some of the things that our pastor has preached is not just something he desires. But I want you to know from somebody from a younger generation, it's something that I desire as well. Amen. And that is that we do this together. Everything we do, we do it together. Amen. Young, old, black, white, yellow, brown, it doesn't matter. We're all doing this together. Amen. Judges chapter 2. We'll read verse 7, 10, and 17. Then we'll skip over to Jeremiah chapter 6. Judges chapter 2 verse 7 says, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. That seems wonderful. But it's easy to live for God and serve God when the man of God over you is alive and serving God. It's easy to come to church when mom and dad tell you to get up. It's time to go to church. It's easy to respond when grandma and grandpa are going to be looking for you at church and they're going to call you if you're not at church. But verse 10 wakes us up and it says, and also all that generation were gathered under their father's. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Verse 17 said, and yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went a whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. One translation says how quickly they turned away from the path of their ancestors who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. Jeremiah 6 verse 16 says, Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to ask our elders, can you point me in the right direction? Can you point me in the right direction? The Bible says the end thereof, that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. I'm not looking for a way tonight seems right we are looking for the good way that is 
right. Tonight, I would pray that the message would get across to someone that it doesn't matter where we have gone wrong. We just need to know where to get right. Romans 5, this is another translation. It says, we have been made right with God because of our faith. Now we have peace with him because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9 says, the blood of Christ has made us right with God. That is how we get right. It is the blood of Jesus. Amen. Can we lift our hands right now and go to the Lord in prayer? Lord, we love you so much. God, we thank you for your faithfulness, God. I pray right now that your anointing would rest down upon me. God, that I would deliver this word that you have laid on my heart. God, I know there are others who could do it far better than I, God, but here I stand. God, a willing vessel. God, I pray right now that you would flow through me. Speak through me tonight to your people. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Can you point me in the right direction? Judges 2 said, They turned quickly out of the way which their father walked in. Or they turned away from the path of their ancestors. And Jeremiah tells us that the Lord told them, Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. So tonight, this younger generation, we're going to ask We're going to do what the Lord said because that's the only way that we're going to get out of the place we are in as if we ask. We have heard it said so many times, where did we go wrong? We thought we did everything we were supposed to do in life. We thought we had done it step by step the way it was supposed to go. We forgot one of the ingredients and so now all we have is the end result of something that leaves us looking at the mess we are in, scratching our heads saying, how did I get here? How did I come this far? I never intended for it to go this far. I thought I followed the directions. I thought I did everything just right, but You know, we don't seem to take this self-evaluation during the process of slipping away. While we're falling backwards, we're not stopping and saying, how is this happening? What is going on? But rather we wait until it has consumed us. Rather we wait until we are in the belly of a whale or we are bankrupt and without money. And then, then we begin to say, how did I get here? What went wrong? How did this all unfold? We reach a place where everywhere we look, there is trouble and death and destruction. We are surrounded and we ask ourselves the question, where did I go wrong? And many of the times we want to find that one moment that it happened. That one night that it happened where it all came crumbling down. But it was not just one night. It was not just one bad decision. 
Many that have backslidden did not just simply wake up one day and say, I'm not going to read my Bible anymore. I'm not going to fast anymore. I'm not going to live holy anymore. I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm just going to quit. But rather, it was a Sunday by Sunday slipping away. It was weeks without reading the Bible. It was months without really getting down and praying. It was a long time before they really thought holiness was all that important. It was a slow slipping away. In our text today, we see in Judges the generation that did that which was right in their own eyes. They were a generation that did not acknowledge the Lord. They had no relationship with God. All of the elders had died. All of the ones who had seen the miracles and signs and wonders died. Now all that was left were those that thought it was by their own efforts that they escaped. Now it was the children who didn't have to work for anything. It was the children who didn't have to pray and didn't have to serve in bondage. And they didn't have to go and do all the crazy things that mom and dad and grandma and grandpa had to do. There was a group of people who didn't know how to pray. They didn't know what sacrifice was. They didn't know the blood, sweat, and tears that went into their time of slavery until the man of God named Moses showed up. They were a selfish generation. But no doubt there were some who took a look at where they were now compared to where they used to be. There had to have been some of the children that now were grown up that had memories of people praying, that had memories of people at an altar, that had memories of people making sacrifice. But now, 20, 30, 40 plus years later, sitting around scratching their heads saying, where did we go wrong? Where did we miss it? Where did it happen? Was it overnight? Was it their fault? Was it my fault? What did we take a wrong turn? Did we camp somewhere we were not supposed to camp? Where did we go wrong? There was plenty of blame. There were a number that caused confusion. Plenty that had an evil report. Many more who murmured in an abundance of doubters. They could have played the blame game all day long. Well, they said this and they said that and they said it couldn't be done and they said we would never see it and they went in the tents and mom and dad began to say, well, we're not going to do it. They're crazy if they think we're going to face those giants. But that would have not mattered. The only thing that mattered is the people of God were in serious trouble. They were rebellious. They were sinners. They were nasty and vile and wicked. But they did not think a thing about it because they had no regard for the Lord. They had no thoughts toward Him. They didn't even know He existed or the works that He had done. They didn't care what He thought about their actions because they were that selfish. They didn't acknowledge there was a God. Scripture says they abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them. They left the God who had done so much for them to serve a provision after provision for anybody. 
They left the God who had brought provision after provision to serve the gods of their enemy who only brought them trouble. They went from living for a God who gave blessing after blessing only to go down the wrong path. And boy, we could harp on that all day long and talk about how they should have never done that and poor them and they made a big mistake. We can sit all night and point fingers and play the blame game. But what even brought this message into my heart was in prayer. I was thinking about the generations before us. I was thinking about our elders. And every time I seem to do that, I get convicted. Because I see that there is something between us. It seems like a chasm that is so great and wide. And I pray, God, will we ever see that? God, will I ever pray that way? Will I ever sacrifice the way they sacrifice? God, will I ever have to get down on my knees and pray to God? God, like they prayed, God, I am missing something. And my first question that I ask is, God, where did I go wrong? God, where did I miss it? God, was it mistakes that I've made in my past? Was it failures that took place years ago? Was it somebody else's fault or am I to blame? God, where did I go wrong? God, what's brought me to this place? And frustrated with myself, I pray and I ask God, why is there such a gap between them and myself? Now hear me tonight, I'm very well aware that I don't sacrifice the way they sacrifice. I don't pray the way that they prayed. I don't fast the way that they fasted. I can't even go into an attic for two minutes during the summer without having to come out to catch my breath and get some fresh air. But to know that one of my elders went into an attic and began to pray and told the Lord in the middle of summer, God, I am not coming out of this attic until you promise me revival. And he sat there for what was hours praying, God, I've got to have revival. God, I'm not leaving until I see revival. I'm not leaving until you promise me revival. And Brother Kilgore said when he finally felt that God told him he would have revival. He walked out of there and within days people started receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. People received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and were baptized in the name of Jesus. He said it was after that our church saw the greatest revival we have ever seen. I haven't sacrificed like that. I haven't prayed like that before but if I want to see it if I want to go down that old path. It's going to take some people who say, I'll do whatever it's going to take. God, I want to do it, Lord. God, but I've got to have somebody show me tonight. At Brother McLean's funeral, Brother Huntley was speaking of a time that Brother McLean flew out to North Carolina and was there with them. And he said that it was Saturday night prayer there at the church. And Brother Huntley said, I told him to come on the platform with me. And I knelt down 
at my chair to pray and he said, I sat there maybe two minutes and I had to get up because I was going to walk around and start praying with people. And he said, by the time I stood up and looked down, that man that was laying on his face weeping before the Lord was already in another world. That's the kind of minutes and he was already somewhere else in the spirit. That's the kind of spirit we've got to have in this place. We've got to have some people that have a connection with God like that again that says God whatever I've got to do whatever I've got to sacrifice God we can sit all day talking about where we went wrong God but there are plenty in this place tonight with the testimony of what it takes to go right what it takes to get into a place of prayer where the spirit of God begins to speak through them where they don't even know what they're saying because the spirit itself is making intercession there are some elders in the building that can declare that they fasted for days not one or two meals but days until God gave them the victory the breakthrough the miracle it happened and it can happen again if you want it it happened then it can happen now if you want it he said all you've got to do is ask. All you've got to do is say, will somebody show me the way? Will somebody lead me? Will somebody take me down that path? That path that nobody wants to travel down anymore. Elders, you've been there before. Pastor, you've been there before. But there's some young people who have never walked down that path that are hungry, that want to see God do miracles, signs and wonders that want to see an end time revival. It's going to happen. All you've got to do is ask. Maybe it doesn't bother anybody else. Maybe there are things of that time and era that some of you who were there are glad that it is in time past. But there was something that they had that my generation does not have. I don't know that it's this secret formula. I don't know that it's just one thing. I feel like we are missing many things that they had. Their generation had saints of God that prayed more than some of our ministers pray today. They would wake up in the night for whatever reason and feel in their spirit that it wasn't just accident that they woke up at three o'clock in the morning, but it was God wanting to commune with them. And they would roll out of bed at three in the morning and get down on their knees and begin to cry out to the Lord. Somebody wakes us up at three o'clock in the morning and we're mad. We're grumbling and complaining. We're frustrated because we've got work the next morning. But there were people of God that were desperate for a touch. They were desperate for an anointing. They wanted to walk in the Holy Ghost. They wanted God to consume every part of their life. That generation shouted and rolled on the floor and walked on top of pews and shouted out bobby pins. Our pastor said it time and time again. They lingered at the altar. They prayed before church. They had daily devotion with God. I'm not saying they were perfect. 
I'm sure there are some here today that could testify to that. But when grandpa starts telling me of the good old days, it puts a burden and desire in my heart to see this generation get back to those old paths. Elder, point me in the right direction. Those are seas we have never navigated before. Those are trails we have never blazed. Those are prayers we have not prayed. Those are things you took to God in intercession that we don't know anything about. Help us, elder. Pray with us, elder. Could you please point me in the right direction? When I look at our world today, I feel like we are living in another generation that does not know God. They don't even acknowledge Him. It is with this I have gone to God in prayer, weeping and saying, God, where did I go wrong? Where did we go wrong? Where did we mess up? Who failed? Was it the generation before us? Was it our generation that brought this upon ourselves? God, where did we go wrong? But I felt like the Lord gave me this to share with you tonight and I felt it so strongly. We need to quit asking where did we go wrong and start figuring out where they went right. Because we could play blame game all day long. We could point fingers all day long and get nowhere. But when you realize the way that they went that was the right way, the way that worked, it is then and only then do you have something to hold on to. Thomas Edison, who invented the light bulb, said that when they were asking him about it, he said, well, I did this and it didn't work and I did this and it didn't work. And they said, well, so you failed 2000 times. He said, no, I found 2000 ways not to make a light bulb. It only took one way to figure it out how to make it work. How many of you been there? God, I've tried it 2,000 ways and it didn't work. But now I know those paths don't work. It only takes one path. And once I get a hold of that, God, that's all it's going to take. But if we are not careful, we can waste a whole lot of our time wondering where it all went wrong. Wondering who to blame, whose fault it was. We see our children lost and we ask God, God... Where did I go wrong? I took them to Sunday school. I took care of them. I prayed over them. God, I dedicated them to you. I had devotion with them. I taught them right from wrong. I trained them up in the way they should go. And yet here we are. And now they seem so far from you, God. Where did I go wrong? In our marriages, we want to look back and say, where did I go wrong? What mistakes did I make? I said everything the preacher asked me to say. I made vows. I made commitment. I said for better or for worse. Was I gone too much? Have I not been there enough? It's easy to go over it time and time again asking. Where did I go wrong? Prior to our text. The tribes of Israel had failed to drive out their enemies. And they allowed their enemies to live with them. They allowed their enemies to work for them. So then they had to live with their enemies every day. But that was not the whole issue. 
That is not the whole reason things went down the way they did. They doubted. They murmured. They complained. They called God a liar. And the list goes on and on. There was no one place that it went wrong. But boy, it sure is easy to look at certain things and certain people and say, well, that's why it didn't work out. Well, that's the reason things are the way they are. That's the reason we're having so much trouble. Have you ever played the game Jenga? Brother Andrew, Brother Kale, do you have a picture of it? The game of Jenga, you stack three blocks this way, three blocks that way, three blocks this way, and so on until you build a solid tower. And each person has to pull out one of those pegs and then place it on top. And then another pushes it and pulls it out from the other side and places it on top. And it goes over and over and over again until that one grabs one to pull it away. And when they do, the whole thing comes crashing down. And they are the ones labeled a loser. They are the ones labeled, well, it's your fault. You're the one that made it fall. Ha, ha, ha. And everybody gets a good laugh because they're the one that lost. But the truth is, it started falling when the first piece was moved. It started falling away when one conviction was pulled away. When you went another day without praying. When you went another day without seeking the Lord. When you went another day without telling your children about all that God has done. It wasn't one that made it fall. But everyone played a part in the fall. Do you want to know whose fault it is tonight? Do you want to just go ahead and get it all out in the open and deal with it? you want to know who is a sinner saved by grace? Do you want to know the one who failed and messed up? It was me. It was you. Brother Buddy, it was you. Sister Gibson, it was you. Brother Randy, it was you. It was you and you and you. There, now that we've all realized it was us, we've got that white elephant out of the room now and out of the way. For the Bible declares, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We can laugh and point all day at the speck in our brother's eye while we've got a moat in our own. But let's quit looking on where it all went wrong and let us get unified again and say, how can we make this right? How can we get back to that old path? How can we get back to that old way? God, how do we get back to that prayer? How do we get back to that sacrifice? God, we've got to do it. It's easy to go over everything in your mind and play detective and figure out who and what and when and where and why and how. But rather than us going all over that again and again and again, can we get our eyes set on the old path that is right? Deuteronomy chapter 6. 6 verse 4 is one we all know and quote. We sing songs with it in there. We're excited about it. Deuteronomy 6, God gave a preventative to these people that we're going to one day forget all about Him. He said, now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God command to teach you 
that ye might do them in the land where you're going to possess. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statute and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life and thy days may be prolonged. He will therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee. And that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thine soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them, not just teach them, but teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk to them about it when you're sitting in the house. And when you walk by the way, you need to talk to them about it. And when you lie down at night, you need to talk to them about it. And when they wake up in the morning, you need to talk to them about it. When they go to school, you need to talk to them about it. When they come to Sunday school, you need to talk to them about it. Everywhere they go, you need to tell them of what I have told you. And if you will do this, I promise you, there's going to be a better day. That land flowing of milk and honey will be a promise you cannot imagine. I'm telling you what to do. I'm telling you how to live in it. And when they goofed up and messed up and made mistake after mistake, and God finally told them in Jeremiah, one way to get out of it is you just have to ask for the old path. You just have to ask for somebody to show you. And that's the way that you're going to get out. But they said, we don't want to go down that old path. We don't want it that way. We don't want it the way the elders had it. We have a better way. We have newer paths we go down that don't require sacrifice. They don't require prayer meeting. They don't require us to study. They don't require us to do anything great. I've come to say tonight that is a lie of the enemy. And it is a lie that many have bought into and believed. Because they grew up in a place where they were able to live on land and houses they did not build. They were able to drink from wells that they did not dig. They were able to just walk in and enjoy the presence of God. To my generation tonight, hear me, have we been so spoilt to just coming in and enjoying all that God has done for us because our elders paved the way. Our elders made sacrifices that we can't even imagine just to ensure that we were here today. Elders, can you point me in the right direction? Can we stand in this place tonight? Elders, hear this young preacher tonight. If my generation has failed in any way, I can't speak for everyone, but I can speak for myself and I say I am sorry. 
If we have dropped the ball, if we have not done it the way that it needs to be done. I'm convicted and burdened and challenged tonight in my spirit more than I have ever been. There is a desire in my heart. A desire in my heart to walk down that old path. Where is the good way? Walk in an anointing for me, pray. To walk in an anointing. That only God can give. I know it doesn't come easy. I know it doesn't come without a price. Oh, there are some young people here tonight. That need somebody to take them by the hand. And show them the way. That will show them how to pray. That will show them what it is to sacrifice. And hand in hand we can walk down that old path together. There are some that would say that the generation before us failed. At making sure the next generation got a hold of it and did not teach it right. Ignore that. There are some that would say the younger generation is a bunch of selfish, spoiled kids who had inherited land without houses they did not build and drinking from wells they did not dig. And because of that, they have lived in a sense of entitlement and have not worked for anything. Ignore that. I pray tonight that our focus would not be on where we went wrong or whose fault it was. We all played a part in it. But I pray that we would get back to where it went right. Romans 5 again said, We have been made right with God because of our faith. Now we have peace with Him because of our Lord Jesus Christ. The blood of Christ has made us right with God. Revelation said, We have overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. To know how powerful the blood of the Lamb is. And to know God said not only the blood of the Lamb, but also the word of your testimony. Because He knew that the word of your testimony was going to go back to the blood of the Lamb. It was going to go back to the cross. That is my testimony. That I found a cross. That I found an altar. That I found a place that I can run to and be saved. That I found one that is greater than all of my failures. I found one that is greater than all sickness and disease. That is the way that I made it right. Is because I found Jesus. I found my Redeemer. Or should I say He found me while I was yet a sinner. Christ died for me. He loved me. Oh, right now, if you're under the age of 50 years old, I would ask that you would come to the front right now. 
I want you to come to the front tonight and I want you to lift your hands and I want you to ask, Oh, God, can you point me in the right direction? Oh, God, I want to be burdened like they were burdened. God, I want to have a desire for the lost like they did. Elder, that you're capable, would you? Now, if there are some elders, if there are some that are 50 and older, that you're capable, would you come up behind some of these? Oh, interlock arms, get in between them. Lay your hands on them. Oh, show them the way. Take them down the old path. This is how you pass, young people. Oh, this is what it is to pray and intercede. This is what it is to walk down this road. God, we've got to have it. Oh, Lord. Oh, God, I don't want to be a selfish generation. I don't want to be a generation that doesn't know who you are or all that you have done. Wake me up, God. Let me see your work. Oh, oh I don't care where we went wrong. I just want to know tonight, God. Come on, young people. Oh, come on, young people. Come on, young married. Come on, hyphen. Oh, God, we've got to have it. God, if we're going to see revival. God, if we're going to see it happen. God, we cannot expect the elders to do it all. Oh, we've got to do it together. Lord, let an anointing fall. Oh, let some mantles fall in this place. Oh, the spirit of intercession. Let it be passed down. Gifts of the spirit, let them be passed down, oh God. Oh, we're desperate. We're desperate, God. Oh, Come on, don't stop praying until you've got to another place. Till you've gotten further than you've ever gone before.
Ta-ta-la-ba-ya-ka-ta. 